We're going to turn to the word of the Lord. We're going to Joshua. Get set up here. Out of baby mode and into preaching mode. God is good. Give me just one second here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Scripture that many of you probably have read before. But now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, Thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast." There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And then going to Joshua chapter 3, verse 15, starting there. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zeraton. And those that came down towards the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed over clean. I know that was a lot of scripture, but I believe God's going to speak to our hearts. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, God, that you're with us this morning. I thank you that your presence is here upon us this morning, God. And we ask that you would anoint your messenger, God. I know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger and hide and help me to speak those things that are from you, God, and to hold back those things that are not. I pray that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross. I pray that you would give us the strength, God, to deliver this message, Lord God, as you've given it to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, that it would hit every intended target. And God, we would apply it in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. This morning, just for a while... Or a little while. I want to speak about victory at the water's edge. Victory. The devil's trying to make you feel like you're defeated, but I'm here to tell you this morning there's victory at the water's edge. We know the story. The Israelites had been wandering for close to 40 years in the wilderness, and here they are back now in the same spot. As we get to our text, they're back in the same spot they started in on their wilderness journey. Here they are in Kadesh all over again. And the waters of the Jordan, they have swelled their banks. And here they are looking at about a mile's worth of water that looks like it's uncrossable. It looks like uh, there's no way to pass over this. And the Bible lets us know that they spent three days there on Jordan's banks before crossing over. I know there's times in our lives where we all face our own personal Jordans. Maybe you're going through that, and that's why I'm preaching that this morning, is that you're facing a personal Jordan, and you're wondering, how am I going to get across this? How is God going to help me through this situation? And we find ourselves at a standstill, and we're just kind of sitting there, and maybe more than praying, we're complaining a little bit. And saying, God, for three days, here I am stuck. God, what am I going to do? God, how do I make this happen? God, how do I get through this circumstance? Anybody ever feel stuck before? God, I'm stuck and I'm not on the right side of the promise. God, I'm not where you told me I was going to be, God. And here I am stuck in this place. 
But may I remind you today that what might look like an impossibility in the natural is just an opportunity for God to show up and to show off with his miraculous power and his supernatural power in our lives. Amen. And the enemy may try to put barriers in the pathways of our promises. It's not a might. He's going to try. He's going to put, if he can, barriers in the pathway, in the roadway to your promise. That's just the way it's going to work. You just thought it was going to be a highway. You're just going to scream right to that. Oh, God gave me that promise. I'm going to go 95 on 95. Hallelujah. And I'm going to go straight through to that promise in Jesus' name. But it doesn't always work like that. But I've come to remind you this morning, uh, what seems uh, like no way uh, turns into a highway uh, when God shows up. And I believe in the Holy Ghost uh, that God is about to show up uh, on somebody's behalf this morning. Luke 18 and 27 lets us know that the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. We've got to change our paradigm this morning. Uh, We've got to change our thinking this morning uh, if we're going to receive the miracle that God has for us. In the last part of our text, we read in Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Isn't that the way that it is in life? When it's supposed to be harvest time, when we're supposed to reap the promises of God, it seems like that obstacle, it seems like that thing is right there in our path. It's in our way. And I think God's trying to get us to realize that, hey, you're not going to do it yourself. You're not going to do it the way that you think you're going to do it. You're going to do it with my help. It's going to be my miraculous power that gets you through. We continue to read that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon the heap. Upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zeraton, and those that came down towards the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed over clean. God did not leave anybody out from their miracle. What he promised, he did. The Word of God says all the people. That miracle didn't stop until everybody received the promise that God had promised unto them. Amen? Amen? That's the kind of God that we serve. The moment the priest stepped into the raging water with the ark, the moment faith was activated in their lives, God was introduced into the situation. At that very moment, when they said, hey, I know there's a raging river in front of me, but you know what? I'm going to trust the Word of God, and I'm going to put my feet into that water and just see what happens. Just maybe when the feet touch the water, just maybe there'll be a miracle that takes place. And I'm here to tell somebody today that just maybe if you'll obey what God is telling you to do, if you'll listen to the voice of God, just maybe if you'll step forward in faith, there's a miracle in the making for you. The miraculous took place for them. And the water stopped flowing upstream and it just piled up. Imagine seeing that. I'd love to see it. The very second the priests obeyed. That's the key is obedience. You've got to obey God's voice. You can hear God's voice all day long, but until you obey what God's telling you to do, it's not going to matter. The second that the priests obeyed, And they stepped out from their comfortable place. They stepped out from their safe place. On the water's edge. The very moment they stepped into that raging water. The very second or millisecond that their feet hit the water. God confirmed his word that had already been given to them. And I believe in the Holy Ghost today. If you want to realize the promises of God in your life, you're going to have to get your feet wet. You're not going to get it in a safe place. 
You're going to have to step out of your comfortable place. You're going to have to step out of that safe place and obey what God is telling you to do. Because I know in the Holy Ghost that God has been speaking to many different individuals. You've been asking God for an answer, and God's been giving you the answer, but you've not quite stepped out in faith. And God's saying, hey, what I did for them, I'll do for you. I've been giving you the word. Now obey the word and step out in faith. And when you do, I'll be there with you just like I was with the priests. When their feet hit the water, I will do the same for you that I did for them. And it's simply this way. So often we see through scripture and in our own, and in our own lives, we've experienced it. Our obedience is what leads us to our miracle. Think about that. You can see all kinds of examples in Scripture where obedience is what brought their miracle. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, it's your obedience that's going to bring your miracle to pass. What's God asked you to do? Has he asked you to get up in the middle of the night and pray at a certain time? Has God asked you to get up in the morning at a certain time and pray? I don't know what it is that's going to take your miracle, but you know to get your miracle, but you know what God's spoken to you. And when you obey what God is speaking, when you step out in faith and say, hey, I don't care how many times I've done this before, I know that God is speaking now and he's continuing to speak and I trust God. I know you're listening, you're quiet. Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation this morning. Just in plain English. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back at camp and camp by Pi-Hahiroth. Now this is right before they leave Egypt. Between Migdal and the sea, camp there along the shore across from baal Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. God always has a plan. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole, ar his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. And we see through scripture that they were trapped between what looked like an uncrossable sea and Pharaoh's army. I don't think they even realized at this point that God had a plan yet. Come on. There's somebody in this house yet that you don't, God's spoken, but you're just, it's not making sense. And you're saying, I don't know, I don't even, this don't make no sense. You're not even realizing that God has a perfect plan already designed for you and for that situation. How often do we fret and worry and get fearful about things that we probably shouldn't even be fearful about because they're already in the hands of God. We get anxious over certain situations that look dire and they look impossible. How often have we doubted God's hand at work in a difficult situation? I guess it just happens to me. Think about it. I'll give you some examples. Anybody ever lost a job? Yeah? Well, what about this? What about Philippians 4 and 19? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What about the promises of God, Brother Jamie? Hallelujah. Anybody ever had a health crisis? What about Isaiah 53, 4 and 5? Surely he hath borne our griefs, oh, thank you, Jesus, and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. What about that? What about that promise of God? I 
see through these scriptures that he's able to heal emotional needs and he's able to heal physical needs. It doesn't matter. Maybe you came in with an emotional need today. Maybe you're online with an emotional need today. Maybe you came in with a sickness or you're online watching and you have a sickness. I believe that the word of God says that he will confirm his word. So right now, why not? Why not receive your miracle? Why not let your faith build right now and be healed in the name of Jesus? Why not let emotions at this very moment be healed in the name of Jesus by your faith? According to your faith, it is so. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak it. Why not? Pain, leave that body right now in the name of Jesus and the cause of it. Go. Why not? He's more than able. Just a few examples. Ever had a family issue? Well, God wants to bring peace into those situations. He does. And his word says in Isaiah 26 and 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Oh, I just want to trust him. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. I'm going to have perfect peace because it's all in the hands of God. Amen. Anybody have a prodigal child? Well, trust God. I quote this verse more than any other verse sometimes because I'm claiming it. It's my promise. And it shall come to pass. Acts 2 and 17. It shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. God is not going to leave anybody out in this end time revival. Claim it. Speak it. What about this verse? I love this verse. And I've shared it before. I'm going to read it from the NET because it makes a lot of sense. Indeed, says the Lord. Isaiah 49 and 25. Indeed, says the Lord. Captives will be taken from a warrior. And spoils will be rescued from a conqueror. The Lord says, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord God says, I will oppose your adversary and I will rescue your children. I speak that over you right now in Jesus' name. I speak that over my family right now in the name of Jesus. God said that he would rescue your children. What about that? What about that promise of God? Why don't you latch on to that instead of the obstacle that looks right in front of you saying it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, yes, it is because the word of God says it is and my faith says it is because God is bigger than every situation. It's going to happen. Get the doubt out of your mind. It's going to happen. What God said will come to pass. It's going to happen. Woo! But as humanity, too often we see the water we see the obstacle. We see that bad situation. This is put here for a purpose, I guess. And we can't get around that bad situation. All we can do is see it. That's all there is. We begin to stumble over other things in life. Because all we can see is the bad situation. It controls everything that we do, that bad situation. But what about the promises of God? In our humanity, we react too quickly. And we let doubt creep in. And we forget that God is in the situation and that God is setting us up for something good. God is not setting you up for something bad. He's setting you up for something good. He has a perfect plan. And it goes beyond your thinking. It goes beyond your ways. And in his plan, and with his plan, he's going to be the one that gets all of the glory. Jeremiah 29 and 11. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Oh, there is future and hope in here this morning for each and every person. Amen. We see that God's plan for Israel, it seemed to be that he was putting them in a situation 
where they could not win without divine intervention. And the Lord left all kinds of stories like this in the Bible for us to get a clue. Some of us just need to get a clue this morning. He left stories for us to get a glimpse of what he is capable of doing. Divine intervention is simply defined as an event that occurs when a God becomes actively involved in changing some situation in human affairs. Well, I've come to remind you this morning that we don't just serve a God. We serve the God who rose and is alive. He might have died for three days, but he arose and he's a living God. With all power in heaven and earth, we serve the God, and his name is Jesus, and he is more than able to give you victory at the water's edge this morning over every obstacle. Hallelujah. We know that our impossibilities are just opportunities for God to work. And God wanted them to know, he wanted the Israelites to know and he wants each and every one of us to know today that when it is not humanly possible and when there is, seems to be no way to fix the problem, there's no way the issue is going to correct itself. He's reminding us this morning that nothing is impossible with him. And it is just an opportunity for him to show his glory. Hallelujah. We see in the story of the Israelites when they were facing the Red Sea, that when we in our humanity come to the end of our abilities, we see through this story, when we come to the end of our abilities, when we lose faith, when we lose hope, in the plan of God for our lives, we just got to refocus again because His plan is going to come to pass. And I want to keep reading the story a little bit. Exodus chapter 14, verse 11 through 14. I'm going to continue in the NLT. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? This is what we do when we get to that obstacle. God, I thought you gave me a promise. I thought you told me this was going to be a bed of roses. God says, oh yeah, remember the thorns. It is. I'm unfolding the rose, but there's some thorns along the way. Trust me, it's going to be okay. Why'd you bring us out here to die, God, in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Look at how they're speaking now. They're forgetting what happened to them in Egypt. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? When we said, leave us alone, let us be slaves to the Egyptians, it's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Wow. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians whom you see today will never be seen again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. And I believe that's an important secret for us to walk in God's plan for our lives. Just stay calm. Trust God. Fear not. And I even hear the words of the Lord that are recorded in Isaiah 41 and 10. I heard them while I was getting ready for this message, and I hear them again right now. God's saying to somebody, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He said, I will strengthen thee, and I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand of righteousness. Come on, somebody, right now. God is telling you, you're facing an obstacle. But God is saying, fear not. Trust me. Believe. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place. Know that I am God. The Israelites had zero faith 
in God's plan as they stood at the Red Sea. We just read about it. They had zero faith. They would have rather stayed in Egypt as slaves. They were more comfortable staying with what they knew. Right? Even though it included persecution and mistreatment in their lives. And in their minds, it would have been better for them to have that than to depend upon God. Wow. They did not trust or believe what God was saying, obviously, when it came to the plan for their lives. And how many times have we stayed with what we knew? Those things that were comfortable to us. Sometimes even when it was not healthy spiritually or physically for us. And instead of stepping out into faith and into a place of trust where God can enlarge our territory, we stay in that comfortable spot. Amen? Some of us would rather, I guess, stay a slave to fear and doubt or maybe even pride and mediocrity to stay in that just comfortable place than stepping out and taking a chance of the Lord bringing us into a new dimension in the Spirit. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, and I know there is, feeling stuck at the water's edge. Maybe you feel like your back is up against the proverbial wall this morning. And could it be that God is involved in it all? Could it be that there's a reason why you feel like your back is up against the wall of life right now? Could it be that God is in that and there's purpose in that? Why you feel like you have your back up against the wall? God wants you even at the water's edge where you may feel trapped to allow him to show you his power. Just as he did for them, God showed his miraculous power time and time again to the Israelites while they were in Egypt. He was preparing them to trust in him. Yet when they came to the water's edge, when they came to the place where it looked like uh, it was over, they forgot all the things that God had, uh, had, had done for them. And can I tell you, I believe in the Holy Ghost this morning that God is maneuvering things around in your life right now and in your family's life for change. It's a good change. It's not a bad change. And there's some things that are being maneuvered right now. And you need to realize the hand of God, the fingerprints of God are all over your life. His hand is all over you right now. But we've got to open our eyes and realize there are some God moments and some God things that are happening to take us out of situations that we've been wanting to get out of for for a long time Amen. and for our family to get out of situations that they've been needing to get out of for a while Remember the word of God says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven and I believe in the Holy Ghost that I've come to prophesy to somebody today. I've come to tell you today that this is your season. The season for change is upon you. There is victory at the water's edge. It's not going to stay the same way that it's been for the last while. It's going to change. The season of change is upon you. I know I heard it in the Holy Ghost as I was preparing for this message. For somebody in this place this morning, for somebody that's watching online this morning, the waters have been trying to overwhelm you, but God is telling you that there's a season season of change that's coming upon your life and upon your family. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The NLT says it like this, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Oh, he's coming back very soon, uh, and he's going to complete that work. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the enemy's been telling somebody, hey, God's finished with you. God's done with you. No, 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 no. God sent me here today to tell you that he's not done, uh, that he's not finished, uh, that he's not completed the work uh, in you uh, or in your family. God has a greater thing coming down the road, and this is the season. You've got to believe it. You've got to latch on to it. Uh, you've got to speak it. Uh, you've got to profess it with your mouth. The story of God's deliverance 
of the Israelites is there to remind us, ushers, get ready. When reality and human reasoning says you can't, God says you can. When it looks like life is going to take you down, God's just making a way. Trust him. He's just making a way. When your health says it's not what it should be, trust God. If he said he's your healer, trust him and believe. He's just making a way. He's going to get all the glory. He's just making a way. When it looks like destruction, it very likely is not destruction. When it looks like the end, it very likely is not the end. It's just the salvation of the Almighty God coming to your rescue. Amen. Well, that was a hearty amen, show enough. In Luke 1.27, we read, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And in the back of my Bible, I've kept this for years. And I probably showed it here before. Brother Stevens preached a message a couple different times. What a great man of God he was. And his life continues to live on through all of us that knew him. But he preached a message. My impossibilities. God's opportunities. And this little ratty piece of paper has miracles on it. And that day he said, take two or three things in your mind that you look like that look like to you that are impossibilities, you write them down on a piece of paper. And I wrote two that day, and I'm not going to read them all to you. One of them was my brother and his family. And we've seen that come to pass, amen, through the prayers of you and family members praying, seeking the face of God, amen. And we're so thankful what God did there. And there's others that are in progress. And I even added a third to it here several months back, amen. And, and I know that God is going to take my impossibilities and just make them opportunities for Him to show His glory. And so this morning, I want to give you the same opportunity. And so there's a bunch of five, three by five cards. That I want everybody to get one. I think I got enough of them. If you need a pen, we got plenty of those. We're going to take a moment. Because I believe that God in the next several little while, in this season, is going to take many of your difficulties and many of those things that you feel like are impossible, those impossibilities, and He's going to show His glory. So I want to just take a moment. And you're not going to have to think very hard about what those things are, those impossibilities that might be in your mind. Maybe it's a child that, yeah, you've not seen any movement. Which verse is that? What's that? Oh, the title. Uh, the title was, uh, <laughs> yeah, My Impossibilities. And what, here's what I want you to do before you write on that index card, okay? At the top of it, I want you to put my impossibilities. In the middle of it, you can pick one, two, or three, but I want you to put whatever they are in the middle. And at the very bottom, after you write those things, I want you to write God's opportunity. Stick it in your Bible. Stick it somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis and pray over these things. And you're going to see God do the miraculous in these areas. I believe in the Holy Ghost. It's not just an exercise that we're doing this morning. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's His Word. So at the top of it, write my impossibilities. Write a couple things down. You're not going to turn these into anybody. These are for yourself. So write whatever you want on there. And at the bottom of it, write God's opportunities. Amen. While you're doing that, I'm going to continue to move on because we're going to use these in a few moments. You're going to use these. I believe in the Holy Ghost that there is victory at the water's edge. You're writing those obstacles down right now. You're writing those things that look like impossibilities right now. You're looking at the water and very closely right now as you're writing those things down.
Those things the enemy says will never be are going down on pieces of paper right now, but we're going to see testimonies. Oh, I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's going to be many in the next several weeks, uh, amen, and months that raise their hands and say, I've got a testimony. I wrote down an impossibility. What looked like it was impossible. God is showing his glory in my family. I'm going to change course for a minute while you're doing that. But it all ties together. The Bible says in John chapter 3, two different times that we must be born of the water and of the Spirit. We do have a couple, I, I believe, that's planning on getting baptized already this morning. I did not know this when I prepared that message, this message. But he said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. And it's very clear when you study out Scripture that being born of the water is being baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins and my sins. Mark 16 and 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Not my words. In the Apostle Paul's writings to the church at Rome, he said in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into water, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So baptism is the burial of the old man. No, that's not your father. Baptism is the burial of the old nature. You don't have to laugh. It's okay. It's... It's burial of the old nature. And that word baptize comes from the original Greek word baptizo. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It means to dip, plunge, submerge, immerse. So they were buried with him by baptism into death. Just like Jesus was buried and rose again. That's what happens to you in the waters of baptism. You're buried with Christ. Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You want the garment of Christ on you? Then you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. When that name is called over you, when that name of Jesus is called over you, there's a remission of your sins. There's a blotting away of your sins. Anybody believe what I'm saying this morning? In Acts chapter 22, the Apostle Paul is testifying about his conversion. And in verse 22, we read the words, sorry, in chapter 22, we read the words in verse 16, where it says, And now why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Your sins are washed away when somebody calls the name of the Lord over you. That's why Acts 4 and 12 says, uh, when speaking about the name of Jesus and speaking about Jesus, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, but there is none other name, no other name like Jesus. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus that brings salvation, and part of that happens when you're born of the water. Amen. Amen. Well... We know salvation only comes through the name of Jesus. It's very clear through Scripture. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter was asked by sinners what was the remedy or the sin in their life, it's the same remedy for our lives. He said in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, repent. Simple. Ask God to forgive you your sins. It's not too difficult. Turn from sin and turn toward God. Be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's another step. You can be filled with the Spirit of God, that resurrecting power of God. So we must repent. We must be filled with the Holy Ghost and we must be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's a command from God. And I would tell you this morning, uh, there is victory uh, at the water's edge for you this morning. I'm going to explain that. As we read in our text, just before the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, there had to be a step of faith taken in their lives. And we talked about that already. As soon 
as the priest's feet hit the water. We talked about this. This is when the miraculous happened. And if you're standing on the water's edge this morning, and you're trying to decide, should I be baptized in Jesus' name? Should I not be baptized in Jesus' name? Does it make a difference? Is there power in that name to do anything in my life at all? Can I tell you this morning, there's victory at the water's edge when you take a step of faith. I want to read to you a story about the powerful things that can happen in the waters of baptism. Brother Nicholas Robbins, who is a general chaplain for the Christian prison ministry for the UPCI, he wrote this testimony recently. And I'm going to read it to you. He said, during one of the Mississippi Parchman State Prison Crusades, there were, as usual, many miracles. But one, he said, definitely stood out. This is a powerful story. First, a little background. He said, when prisoners on lockdown make the decision to be baptized, they are bound with shackles and chains around their waist, their arms, their legs, and their ankles. He said they are often escorted outside one at a time. Sorry, they are then escorted outside one at a time by one or two guards normally to where volunteers are waiting with a baptismal tank at the ready. He said on Saturday morning, while ministering to those on lockdown, the volunteers were a little shaken and taken aback as around six guards were escorting this inmate outside to be baptized. The volunteers helped the person in the baptistry. They helped him into the baptistry and then they baptized him in the name of Jesus. And when they brought him up out of the water, something super, supernatural took place. All of the inmates' chains and shackles fell off and sank to the bottom of the baptismal tank. And immediately he began to speak with other tongues, and God filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Seeing the chains fall off, the guards reached for their guns and waited to see what would happen next. And when they recognized that the inmate was being touched by God, the guards started to pray. Two received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and four were baptized in the name of Jesus. Afterward, the inmate told us, he reported, that he had prayed before he got baptized, and he said, God, if you're really real, when I get baptized, let these chains fall off of me. And I will serve you. Did you just hear that testimony? That makes me want to shout. That's just one testimony of how real and how powerful God is. I can tell you time and time again, just up here, amen, it might not have been shackles or chains, but anxiety and depression and different things like that that people were battling with left them in the water. There is victory at the water's edge this morning. If you'll take a step of faith, come on somebody, there is victory at the water's edge. The moment that you step into the water. If you're going to be baptized this morning, you need to realize the moment that you step into the water, the miraculous it's going to happen. Get it in your mind. The very moment that you step into the water, there are miracles beginning to happen in your life right then and there. Newness of life is beginning to happen right then and there when you take that step and you say, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. Today is the day. I'm getting in that water and you get in that tank. Newness of life begins the moment that you take that step of faith. And just as Scripture declares, old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Just as Scripture declares, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's more than getting wet. It's more than joining the church. 
It's more than just a declaration of faith. Come on. And God's going to confirm that to somebody when they get in the water this morning. Amen. You may not have shackles of iron. But there's people in this house this morning that have shackles of anxiety. Shackles of depression. Shackles of heaviness. The shackles of sins that, that you've done in your past that will fall off when you choose to take that step. Well, we have towels. We have warm water that's already prepped for you, thanks to Brother Andrew. We have robes, thanks to Brother Andrew, and towels that are up there ready to roll. Everything you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus is right here for you this morning. Amen. And if you make that choice, it's the best choice you're going to make. Amen. Nothing like putting pressure on you this morning. I'm coming to a close. I know in the Holy Ghost that there are many that feel like they're standing at the water's edge. You feel like you're standing and that obstacle has priority. But you just wrote what they were down. And this morning, we're going to go out of here in victory. We're going to go out with shouts of triumph this morning. We're going to go out knowing that God is on our side this morning. We're going to go out knowing that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath in the name of Jesus. Uh, we're going to go out knowing uh, that there are more that be with us uh, than be with them. Uh, we're going to go out of here knowing uh, that we are more than conquerors uh, through Christ Jesus. Uh, we're going to go out of here knowing uh, that we can do all things uh, through Christ uh, as he gives us the strength. Everything. So here's how I want to end this message this morning. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, the pressure's on. Make your way to the front. Or when we start coming to the front, come to the front. Amen. God is going to do great things in you this morning. If you wrote down on a card this morning what those obstacles were, what those impossibilities were, I want you to get fresh faith in your heart this morning. And I want you to bring those down with you. And we're going to begin to proclaim victory over every one of those situations. Come on. Am I in a Pentecostal church this morning? I thought I came to an apostolic church. I don't know. I want you to bring those down with you in faith believing and just begin to proclaim what God's going to do in those situations. Begin to speak faith where the devil's been speaking doubt into your life. Uh, you begin to speak faith uh, over your family. Speak faith over every one of those situations uh, and give them to God. Hold them right up to God and give them to God again and say, God, uh, here's my impossibilities, Lord. Uh, here's my impossibilities, God. Uh, Lord, uh, it's your opportunity now to show your glory. It's your opportunity, God. I feel like I've been at the water's edge, but God, my faith uh, is renewed now in the name of Jesus. Uh, my faith uh, is renewed. And I speak victory over these situations. I speak victory over these circumstances. I speak victory over these people's lives. I speak victory in the name of Jesus. Victory in the name of Jesus. Victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, do it right now. Take your needs to God. Make those petitions known right now. I know you've done it before, but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your impossibilities are the opportunities that God has, and God is working. I declare to you that God is working in your children's lives. I declare to you that God is working in your health. I declare to you that God is working in your finances. I declare to you that God is healing your body in the name of Jesus. I declare to you that chronic pain is going to go now in the name of Jesus as we give God these impossibilities. God, it's things we cannot do on our own, but God, they're just opportunities for you to show your glory. I see the Holy Ghost moving across this place right now. I see God moving right now. I see fresh faith being put into people right now in the name of Jesus. Faith is rising up in us again. Faith is rising up in us again. 
That's it. Come on. Just keep praying for a moment. Uh, somebody's moving into intercessory prayer right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, just keep praying for a moment. Uh, these impossibilities uh, are turning into something great and marvelous. Uh, they're turning in to God showing off, uh, to God showing his glory, not just for your benefit. Uh, God has a perfect plan. It's that all of your family may know. It's that all the people that you love may know that he is God and he reigns. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now God wants to give you strength right now. Lift your hands all over this place. Lift your hands. The strength of the Lord, the Holy Ghost wants to come into you right now. Just begin to praise Him. And as you praise God, amen, God's going to take your tongue if you want Him to. God's going to take it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. With stammering lips and a new tongue. He said He would speak to His people and this would be the refreshing. And so right now, God, we pray in the name of Jesus that refreshing power of the Spirit would come upon every individual, God, that you would sweep across this place in the name of Jesus because your word says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So God, now we are renewed in you. Now we are strengthened in you. Now we are revived in you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. Come on, somebody, let a praise come out of you right now. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Take that step of faith and let praise come out. Praise come out. Hallelujah. Let the praises of God go forth from his people now in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're dancing on those problems this morning. We're going to crush the head of Satan this morning in the name of Jesus. Devil, you thought you had me. Devil, you thought you had me down. But in the name of Jesus, I have victory because God is on my side. God is with me. Come on right now. You don't even need any music. You can just begin to praise God. You don't even need any music. You can dance before the Lord right now without any music. I've seen God do so many miracles in my life just alone and begin to praise Him and dance before Him and miraculous things happen in my life. God will do the same thing for you. Don't worry about what anybody thinks right now. Just begin to praise God. Clap your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Dance if you want to. I don't care what you do, but let some praises. Let the high praises of God go forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.